Amen, amen. Well, if you are with us for the first time or first time in a while, we are towards the tail end of a sermon series where we have been walking through the Sermon on the Mount. Now, the Sermon on the Mount is three chapters near the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus kind of gives his master class on what it means to live the best possible life that we have been designed for. It's kind of the beginner's guide to how to live in the kingdom of heaven here and now. And pound for pound, word for word, it's the greatest collection and assemblance of wisdom, I think, in existence in all of humanity, across any culture, any time period, any civilization. The words in this are truly life-giving and revealing as to the way that we're supposed to live here and now. It's not just about a one day, but it's about today and tomorrow and all of the days that follow how we live in the way that God has designed and intended our lives to go. Now, one of the ideas that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is this word righteousness. And the emphasis that Jesus places on it, uh, specifically for righteousness in terms of right living, right acting, right thinking. The way that we align and orient our heart to the way that God has intended things to go. This puts us in right relationship with God, with ourselves, and with other people. This is this word of righteousness, and Jesus kind of reclaims and reclarifies what he means when he talks about righteousness and what it looks like here and now. And as we begin to describe the ways that we can live into this righteousness, what we started last week was a conversation about two obstacles that stand in the way and that get in the way of us living into this righteousness, the way that we can transform our hearts to be aligned with God. Now, if you remember last week, the first obstacle that we talked about was this idea of uh, maybe one word for it would be fame or social approval, that we were doing things that looked like righteousness. We were doing the acts, but the heart, the intent behind them was for people's approval. We wanted to be seen as doing good. We wanted people to see what we were doing and acknowledge, oh, look how good they are. Look at the way that they're living. Oh, I see he left his Bible out. He must be reading his Bible. All of the ways that we act or pretend like we're righteous and holy. And Jesus says, when you act that way, you get the thing that you want. Your reward has already been provided. If you desire most through your actions, social approval, then that's what you're going to get. And so we talked about the different ways that that manifests in our lives through giving and generosity, through almsgiving, through prayer, through fasting, all of these different categories in which the temptation, the inclination for us is to do it for the approval of others. But Jesus gives us guidance and parameters for the ways that we can do this in secret, not in total anonymity, but in a way that correctly orients our heart to the why behind why we give money why we pray, why we fast. It's all about reorienting our why in proper alignment with what God has directed and intended. And today, we're gonna look at the second of two obstacles that Jesus says stand in the way of us living into this kind of kingdom righteousness here and now. Now, this comes out of Matthew chapter six, verse 19. If you have your Bibles or phones, you can pull them out, open them up. But just the Bible app, if you're on your phones, no texting unless you're inviting somebody to catch the last 20 minutes of this service. Tell them to hurry. They're going to miss it. And this is what Jesus says. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, 
We all know this word treasures. Maybe you've watched a movie about pirates or maybe you were, have children and, you, and they talk about their treasures and they have this cubby or this place in their room where they keep the things that are important to them. We think about treasures in our own lives as the things that we value most. You see, we all have treasures of some sort, those things that we prioritize, that we place a high value on that are significant and meaningful to us. It doesn't have to be money or goods or things that have a socially agreed upon value. They can be unique and personal to us. Things you might treasure might be your relationships or your reputation or another person or the security of social status. Maybe it's admittance into a certain school. Maybe it's living in a certain zip code or in a certain neighborhood. All of these things that you value. Jesus gives us a warning. He cautions us on orienting your life, spending your energies, that word storing up, spending your effort, investing your time, efforts, directing your life towards storing up these treasures here on heaven. You see, we all have treasures because having treasures is an essential part of what it means to be human. Treasures aren't just these things that we keep that hold value to us, but they're connected to our hearts. They're connected to our souls in a way. I think one of the deepest forms of intimacy in a relationship is when you truly begin to understand what somebody treasures, when you share what you treasure most with another person. Jesus says that we all have treasures, and so paying attention to your treasures and the kinds of treasures that you store up is really, really important. And the reason that it's important is because our treasures are connected to our hearts. Jesus later says in this, in this kind of section of teaching that where your treasure is, your heart will be. And so what we see is that the efforts and the energies that we place into storing up treasures is connected to the efforts and the energies of our hearts. He goes on and he says, the reason that you're not supposed to store up treasures on earth is because where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. See, there's a connection to the types of treasures that you store up and where you store them and what happens to them. Now, we all know this in our life. We've all maybe seen a safe before. You might own a safe. You might think about certain uh, investment accounts as being safe. We use that word safe to describe the condition and the state that something is in when they're inside something or when they're possessed or contained by something. We put things in a safe because we want them to be safe. It's really deep, isn't it, guys? <laughs> but here's the important part. The reason we call it a safe is not because they're, just because that they're safe in the safe. We call it a safe because when they're in the safe, guess what we feel? That's right. We feel safe. There is some connection to our sense of security when we have things in our safe. The thing that Jesus is pointing to, the thing that Jesus is asking us to evaluate and investigate is what's in your safe? What's the thing that you protect? What are the things that you value most? What are the things that as long as they're secure, you're secure? What's in your safe? We, we all have maybe gone through different kind of seasons of valuing things that are safe. My guess is many of you have locks and alarm systems to protect the things in your home 
You want to keep them safe until you're ready to buy new things that you value more than the old things. And then on the first Wednesday of the month, you put them out on the curb and they're no longer safe and because you don't value them anymore, right? I've done this with furniture. I'm like, ah, time for a new piece of furniture. I once cared about it. It was once important to me. I would have been really disappointed if someone would have broken into my house and taken it until I get to the place where I don't value it anymore. And then my actions related to it reflect my value of it. So when it's the first of the month, before 8 a.m., you drag it out to the front of your lawn and set it on the curb. And if someone comes and gets it, you're quite happy because it's now not yours to worry about anymore. We all have versions of this in our own life. There are things that you spend an inordinate amount of energy protecting until one day you don't value it in the same way. And Jesus is saying, listen, we have to pay really close attention to the things that we value. Because some of the things have a different return on investment. Some things are worth keeping safe. Some things are worth spending the effort and the energy to protect. And he distinguishes between storing up things on earth and storing up things in heaven. And this is what he goes on. He says, so instead of storing up things on earth where moths and rust can get to, where thieves can break in and steal and destroy, he says, there's a different category of things that I want you to put in your safe. There's a different category of things I want you to invest your time, effort, and energy in. And the reason is they're very different in category from the things of earth. So much so that they're safe from moth, rust, thieves. Nobody can break in and steal these things. They can't be destroyed. The difference that Jesus is talking about is where we spend our efforts and energies. Because what he's saying is at the end of the day, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much effort you put in to amassing and securing things here on earth, one day, they won't be safe. We cannot take any of it with us once we die. And I've got, maybe it's good news or bad news, depending on your orientation, we're going to be dead a lot longer than we're going to live. And so when you think, on, think about the return on investment that we have about what we keep, Jesus is trying to direct us to a different category. He's saying, listen, don't spend your time trying to keep things here on earth safe. Eventually, all of those assets, all of that investment, the return eventually is zero. In a different sermon series a couple months ago, we talked about everything that you own will one day be owned by somebody else. Jesus is saying the same thing. He says, this is why it's foolish to spend your life chasing after what you think keeps you safe in this life. Rather, direct your efforts, direct your energies towards that which keeps you safe for eternity. He goes on. We talked about this. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He draws that connection between our treasures and our heart. You know, you see our heart kind of the way that it's used in scripture is kind of the command center for the human life. It's not just a thing that moves blood through our body, but it's what directs our energies, our thoughts, our actions. It's the seat and the source of our will. It determines our course of action. And Jesus is saying, wherever your treasures are, your heart is oriented towards it. It's like your heart is a compass. 
and your treasures are north. And wherever your treasures are, that's where your heart's going to lead you. That's why it's so important where we place our treasures. Later on, in a couple of verses after this, Jesus connects this idea of kind of where your heart leads you to your eyesight. He says that if your eyes are dark, if you can't see, think about the difficulty that that causes your entire body. If I were to give you all blindfolds and invite you to go home, go in peace, Jesus loves you, we'd have a lot of difficulty. There'd be a lot of problems if we all walked out of here or tried to stumble out of here blind. We'd bump into each other. We'd trip over each other. There'd probably be quite a few accidents if anybody was even able to make it to their cars. Jesus is saying in the same way that your eyesight guides and leads your life, your heart sight, your orientation of your heart guides and leads your life. Jesus is saying this is why it's so important. We all know people who have oriented their entire lives around amassing great fortune or being defined by a certain social status or chasing after pleasure in some form or fashion. That has been the thing that they value most, that they treasure most, that the thing that they work to keep safe because if they have that, then they have security. And Jesus is saying, look at the course of their life, the way that they trip and stumble and fall about themselves, the mess that they make. If fame and fortune were truly the secret to a great life, everybody in Hollywood would be happy. He's saying... Where your treasures are, there your heart will be also. That will be the thing that draws you and guides you and leads you through life. And he presents a choice. He says, avoid the things that tempt you to invest here and now. The things that you work to try to keep safe because you think it keeps you safe. He says, rather, there is a different way of living and of acting. And he ends it, this kind of teaching in this way. He says, but strive first. Maybe your translation says, but seek first. Orient yourself, spend your efforts and energies first and foremost towards the kingdom of God. And there's that word again, and his righteousness. It's this idea of orienting our heart towards God's heart, of acting, of thinking, of living in the same way that God acts and operates in the world. It's about recalibrating and putting things in the proper perspective. Jesus is saying, if you live your life chasing after things here on earth that you think will keep you safe. It's going to lead you to a place of anxiety and worry. Because see, in the section between these two verses, he says, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about your height, your physical appearance, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what will happen tomorrow. Jesus says, when you spend your life focused on this life and trying to keep this life safe, you spend the life in anxiety and worry. And in the Greek, that word translates to a suffocating, to a choking, to a difficulty breathing. Now, some of you in the midst of allergy season, you can relate this morning to that sense of not being able to breathe well. For those of you that struggle with anxiety and worry, you know of the similar feeling. There is a tightness in your chest. There is an energy that constantly reverberates and vibrates inside of you a restlessness, an, un, an inability to find peace, to have hope and satisfaction. And Jesus says, when you spend your life trying to keep the things in this life safe, not only does it not work, 
not only will eventually it no longer be safe because you can't take it with you. He says, but the quality of your life, the day-to-day, the hour-to-hour, says you're racked with anxiety. You're chasing after all of this that you cannot ever obtain because there's never an amount. There's never enough. There's always gonna be another relationship or another comma or another zero or another status symbol, another possession, another friend, another promotion, another house, another opportunity. The goalposts will continue to move and you'll continue to chase. And Jesus says, when you live that way, you live a life that's filled with anxiety and worry. And he says, don't. Don't live that way. Spend your life focused on the kingdom of God, of living towards and investing in the way that God would have you live. Loving God well, loving others well, loving yourself well. Jesus says, this is what righteousness looks like. This is how you begin to live a life that amasses what truly lasts. An investment in the things that truly make a difference. And then he ends and he says, and when you do that, when you live this way, when you invest in the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all the stuff that you truly are looking for, it'll be added to you. Not the houses, cars, clothes, that's not what he's talking about. The sense of satisfaction, the sense of security, the sense of safety. Jesus says it's found in one place, and that's investing your life in the kingdom of God. Let me pray for us and we'll invite the men up to demonstrate what this looks like. Gracious Lord, thank you for this morning and this opportunity to be reminded about the path in which you have invited us to walk. The way that we can spend the moments, the days, the hours, the efforts, the energies, the orientation of our heart and lives towards pursuing your kingdom, living in the way that you've called us to. God, the belief that if we could just get enough stuff or enough fill in the blank, that it would truly finally keep us safe is a lie. Help us to name it, to identify it in our own hearts and lives and to live in your truth. We pray this in your name, amen.